Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that second chance for you and let you know our opinion on if a show is a national hit show or a dumpster fire that nobody should watch. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot with a rather vehement view on this current show, Josh. And your flight entertainment this week will be a show that we've mentioned in passing before, and... We're scrounging up the records from our black box. This is Black Box Volume 1. Let's go. Okay, so we've hinted and beat around the bush on this so much. We've divulged exactly what this is to one person ever. And we talked for quite a while about it. On a podcast episode, we just uh, made a fun little bleepy noise over mentioning what the show was. So, season two comes out next month. We're talking about The Witcher. Yes, that The Witcher. Henry Cavill's Netflix's 2019 hit show, The Witcher. Mm Mm-hmm. Popular adaptation of the Witcher video game series, but it's not really adapting CD Projekt Red's The Witcher. It's adapting Andres Sapowski's, Sapowski's, however you say his name, novels the witcher and doing a very bad job of it i don't want to color my review of this show with my hatred for it but i'm gonna go ahead and color my review of this show with my hatred for it this is so for those of you who are not in the loop we have three shows that are lost to the annals of the black box yes the first was a show that just ended up being too long to be an episode yeah we'll eventually re-record that one and release it because it's a hit show that people love Kind of like this. We just had way too many details about it. We got way too in the weeds. Yeah. Partially because it's based off a book series that we both have read. Mm-hmm. So, that, whereas that was... other shows have been almost as long as this now, we've done like the two-part with Hills. I mean... The weeds we got in on that episode weren't three, anything three really... hours. Yeah. They also weren't really anything super interesting. No. So that one is still waiting for the day we record it. The second one was with a guest of ours. Well, the second one was actually the one we're doing now. Yep. The, the second one that you're not hearing was a review of a show that is no longer relevant in any way, shape, or form. Mm. But we had a guest on, a friend of the show, Matthew Powers. He is known in the music reviewing community. He did a bunch of music reviews for a couple different popular sites, Caliber being one of them. Mm-hmm. Metal Wani, another. Yeah, so the show centered around a metal band and like used actual metal music as part of the show. And so we brought him in to review that, but it got lost due to some audio issues because we didn't actually bring him in to do that. We used the powers of the internet. I don't even know if that caused it because like it was a weird echo. Yeah, it it was this really weird, like both parties, us and him ended up at points with really terrible audio quality for some reason. There was just a resounding echo behind everything. And and something sounded robotic, but it wasn't even just him, which you would expect to be the one going wrong because he would be processed through the computer with the way we were recording it. But we were just straight up going through our normal recording device and had never had that problem before. And then there is this one. Now, what happened to this one? Well, this one just... This was the one that went horribly, horribly Audac- wrong. Uh, Audacity murdered it. it. Yeah. It was fine when we recorded it. We listened back to it once we were done. And then when we went to open edit it, it had just corrupted everything. Has, had that happened twice now? With different, yes. With different shows? But we now, because that was our first few months of doing the podcast, we've now reached a point where we save it once on the computer, once on a flash drive, and then immediately move it to another computer. And save it on that computer as well. So, so it's saved on 
a laptop, a flash drive, and a computer. So we don't lose episodes like that anymore. That said, that means we have to re-talk, re-review Witcher episode one and two. Yes. Also, if you don't know why we call it a black box. A black box is, uh, well, it has the flight data for this a This entire show is, a, is themed airplane. around airplanes. Yeah. And the black box is the recorded data of a flight. Mm-hmm. It's basically an indestructible box where you store all the knit things you'd never want to see again in your life. When they say indestructible, they, they pretty much mean that. Those things are really fucking hard to destroy. Yeah. So <laughs> episode one of The Witcher is the end's beginning. Yes. And it starts pretty decently, like, because we get the music first. Yeah. And the one thing I will say right off the bat about the show, it's audio design, music, sound effects, all of it. Really, really well done. Yeah. I think even Cavell's Geralt voice, very nice. Yeah. Definitely fits for video game aesthetic. Yeah. Geralt. But it is very much Geralt video game voice, which I realize sounds weird given the fact they only have the source material as a book, so you can't really hear the voice. I mean, that's not true. There's there's another... There's the Hexer, the actual show. But what I mean by that is... Geralt in the games is very more, much more stoic, and in the books, he's described as not really having, like, a really low, like, growly, gravelly voice. The big difference is, but. in the games, Geralt's very, very few words, very... Stoic, gravelly toned. And in the books, he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, if, you, if you're not going to be a racist piece of shit to me... I guess Witcher isn't a race, but if you're not gonna be, if you're not gonna discriminate against me because I'm a mutant, then yeah, I'll have a conversation with you and just talk and be friendly and jovial. I mean, jovial. I think species is the correct term because they hate elves and stuff, which are different species, and mm-hmm. they just treat him like he's a different species. Yeah, so it's still a speciesist. But yeah, so that's the best thing about the show. Yeah, the music, the audio. But this first scene opens with a shot of a fawn just. Mm-hmm. In a very swamp bog, dead yeah, dead woods swamp, and then we see some water bubbling away, and then Geralt bursts out of it, along with a giant spider thing. I think it's an arache, an arache, an, an arachis, an arache. I it, think they call it a kikimora though. Later, oh, no, they're, they're talking no, about. There, there's, really a, there's a woman later asks him if he has ever fought a kikimora. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if he's ever killed a kikimora, this is definitely more like an arache. But yeah, he pops out of the water in mid combat. Visually speaking, this scene and a lot of this show is just very dark. Hard to see. Uh, if you've ever watched, like, Ghost Rider on television, that's what it's kind of like in some some scenes. Not quite Ghost Rider bad, but, like... Yeah. No, bro, that's definitely Kikimura. 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 Weird. I thought it was definitely an Arake. I mean, Kikimuras are the weird insectoid monsters. Mmm... No. I mean, obviously in the show they are. The Wonderful World of Insectoids provides the in-game journal entries about the various forms Kikimors come in, as well as all the useful parts one can harvest from their carcasses. There are three casts of Kikimors in the game. Kikimori Queen, Kikimori Warrior, Kikimori Worker. Huh. Or I guess like the ones with like the weird shells. The Kikimors are like the more ant ones. Sure. I'm just totally off base here. That's my bad. My bad. If you're wondering what all those Kikimors were, I was just showing repeated pictures. But anyway, so we were saying he's fighting it. And it's very dark. Yes, very, very dark. Oh, in my notes it even says the monster is a Kikimura. Boom. This is what happens when your notes are a year old. And you also haven't played the game in a while, I guess. Uh, Yeah, it's been six months or more. So he finishes killing the Kikimura. Yeah, like he, he's fighting, he drops his sword, it goes on a while, he's struggling to get it. And he manages to stab the Kikimora through, like, the bottom of the jaw. Yeah. It's a pretty decent action scene. And Geralt drops down on, like, the shore of the little tepid pond that he was fighting in. Yep. Turns to the fawn and goes, today just isn't your day, is it? 
And then cuts to the title card. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant one-liner drill. Why is it not the Fonz day? What did the, like, why would it not be the Fonz day? The Fonz's still alive. I think it, I think we saw a dead deer, and I think that assumedly it's like mother. Well, maybe. Okay, sure. Um, we then get the title card, mm-hmm. and when we cut back from the title card, we return to Geralt. He's in a town now, and then he's walking into a tavern or a bar or whatever you want to call it. Possibly an inn. I don't know if there's rooms attached. We don't see that. Yeah, and he's looking for directions to the aldermen of the town, presumably to collect the bounty on the monster. And mm-hmm. when I say presumably, I mean we're instantly told that that's what he's doing. Yeah. The bar, however, is very hostile to him because he is a witcher. Yeah. Literally, and, he's told they don't serve his kind, and then there are people who are like, get out of here, you mutant freak. This could be an X-Men. Like, this could be just a scene with Wolverine <laughs> and the X-Men. I was thinking the same thing. So, some guys start to try to f- get in a fight with him, but a woman named Runefree interferes and tells them to step down, mind their own manners, so on and so forth. So, so he goes to get into a fight with them, and he pops his claws out, and then a woman's like, calm down, sugar, and talks the other people away. And that woman... Her name was Rogue. Yes. Uh, imagine having fun while reviewing this god-awful <laughs> show. But yeah, so the woman's actual name is Renfrey, and... She tells him that the guys work for her, and that yeah. she's in charge of them, and... She apologizes for them being assholes. Like, the, the way she originally gets to go away, she's talking about how, like, could you just not? And her guys are just like, but he's... And she's like, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to him. Because she realizes... Oh shit, this guy's just going to murder my men because my men are fucking dumbasses. They're attacking that guy we pay to kill monsters because monsters are scary and we can't do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, they have a little bit of a conversation. Nothing much happens here. Geralt leaves the bar and then runs into Marloka. Marloka? Marloka, yep, there we go. Yeah. Um, And she says that she... Oh, the one thing we do learn here that's vaguely important in this conversation is that they are in Blaviken, which if you've read the books or played the games, you know Blaviken is vaguely important in Geralt's history. Yeah, it's almost like his nickname is the Butcher of Blaviken. Yeah. I wonder if this episode is going to show us why he's called the Butcher of Blaviken. I have no clue. That would be weird, right? It would be. So we then meet... What'd you say her name was? Marilka, I believe. Marilka. Sure. I guess that's how you say it. Comes to him from the Alderman saying that she, that, that the Alderman will have no use for this monster. She tells him that, that this isn't the monster that he set the bounty out for. And Geralt's basically just like, well, this is the monster that actually was causing the problems. Yeah, but that's not the one he wanted. The, that one doesn't scare people as much. The other one does. This one, they're just used to. And she's like, well, the town wizard will pay for the monster bits, though. And that's when we find out the monster is actually a Kikimura. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she then escorts Geralt to the wizard's tower. Yes. Where, where we meet Stregaborg. Stregaborg? Yeah, he. I think he has another name, but he goes by Stregaborg. He uses Stregaborg as a title. Yeah, because the actual Stregaborg built this tower hundreds of years ago and obviously is dead now. Mm-hmm. And this guy is in hiding because he's being hunted by Renfri. Yeah. We do learn a brief thing on their walk, just for people who don't know about the Witcher world. This is where he's just talking about the thing he's, he's killed and such to the girl. And she mentions how she'd like to be a Witcher or some shit. And we learn here that girls can't be Witchers. Yeah, and also, she's actually way too old. Like, yeah, also, knowing that girls can't be witchers is a vaguely important thing for later in the series, if it follows the novels or the game, so. It should come up in, like, episode four-ish, mm. based on, like, my reading of the timeline for the show. I've got no idea, but it's vaguely important towards yeah. the future of the series. So, Geralt deduces that Stregobor, or is whatever... Is actual Stregobor? Well, he's not the actual Stregobor. I thought it was. No, Stregobor is dead because he created this tower hundreds of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy was worried about a series of omens about women born under the black sun. And so he basically tortured slash mutilated slash 
autopsy a bunch of these women that were born during the Black Sun event, which was an eclipse a couple decades ago. Uh, wait, 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 no. We, we don't go here yet. We cut for a very brief moment to see Siri, well, just a girl, in the streets playing uh, Knuckle oh, Bones. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, we don't get into the Black Sun stuff yet because what we get before that is the wizard Stregobor goes, I have a monster for you to kill. Geralt says, what kind of monster? And Stregobor goes, the human kind, a woman named Renfri. And then we cut to a girl playing Knuckle Bones in the street. Yeah. And they literally just play Knuckle Bones and then a bunch of knights ride up. And the kids run off saying, like, I'm not the one that stole the bread. Another one is because they're gambling for bread. Mm-hmm. They take this girl back to the castle. And what do you know? She appears to be royalty of some sort. We don't get her name here. Yeah. We don't get anything. We just get the king basically asking her if she wants knuckle bones. And she is watching the queen do, like, honoring of people, I guess. Like, you did this thing. Congratulations. You did this thing. It's like an award ceremony that they stand through. Yeah. And that's basically it's that like, scene. I think it's military service awards, essentially. Yeah. And that's basically that scene. And going into that scene, we don't have any good transition or anything. We just cut right to oh, it. Hold on. Let's just... And then we cut back to the wizard telling Geralt a story about... The... Right to it. No transitions. Nothing. I, I was going to just lay the ground and work at this scene, and then we can get into that. And this is where Stregobor lays the story about the Black Sun, the Eclipse, and the Curse. Yeah, there's like 60 girls with... The return of, of with... Lilith. Yeah, they'll bring about the end of humanity. Yeah. Now, you've been mentioning here, and I've been trying to gloss over it a little bit right now, but every time we change scenes, mm-hmm. whether it's from the Fawn to Geralt actually fighting the Kikimura to Geralt in town to Geralt in at, the tavern to Geralt leaving the tavern to Geralt walk- at the Wizard's Tower yeah. to when we jump to the little girl playing Knucklebones to when we jump from the little girl playing Knucklebones to the castle from when we jump to the castle back to Geralt and Stregobor. This show uses one type of transition. And it's just the smash cut. If you don't know what a smash cut is, it's literally smashing two cuts of a scene of a story next to each other, meaning no transitory period in between. No fade in, no fade out, no slide, no like. It's not like a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, we're panning to the right and now we're looking at the sun or some shit. And now we're panning back down from the sun and we're in a different location. But we use the sun as a point in between. So assumingly they're both happening during the same day. Not always necessarily the case, but we do use something to transition between. Or like even just just a fade in, fade out. Yeah. But... A lot of, like, the fade-in, fade-out slides have, like, lost style mm-hmm. in, in recent years. Well, not recent years. In the last 30 years. Yeah. They were much more popular in the 70s I and 80s. I think the closest transition I can think of that this show has, that isn't just a smash cut, it is still a smash cut, is we get a line of dialogue, I think, from Stregobor leaving this honoring scene back to the current place. We get a line of dialogue from him before we change into the scene including him. Yeah, and like that just misleads a bunch of stuff because it makes it appear that things are happening simultaneously. Which, fun fact, the show has three different timelines happening at once. Three different timelines happening at once. No way to orient yourself if you're not already familiar with the source material. Like this first episode and the second episode too. If you're only familiar with the games, is going to be massively confusing. Mm -hmm. If you're only familiar with the books. Probably less confusing, but still annoying. I mean, it's still going to be vaguely confusing. You're going to be wondering why you're seeing Siri when Geralt's in Blaviken. Yeah. Siri's not even fucking born yet. Yeah. Like, that. this is what, like, 30 years before Siri's born or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. Like, Yeah, so... Geralt Sim- hasn't even met her parents yet to enact the law of surprise. He's not promised their kid yet. Yeah, so what we're saying is smash cuts and an incongruent timeline make this show hell to watch. Yes. Like... The part that annoys me the most is there are several, several times throughout the show where I can see something that could work for a good transition point, and they just don't do it. And it's not that they've added something to the scene or not. I don't have it in my notes. They just don't do it. 
Actually, I know exactly where it is. I'll wait. No. So there's still a plug going on with Siri right now because that's the other, that's the little girl that was playing mm-hmm. Knuckle Bones. Who, and she's a pretty important character to the games, a, a less important character to the books, but still an yeah. important character. So she's important towards like the last in the books because yeah. you have like the compendiums of the short stories and then you had actual novels, like five of them, and those ones focus a lot more on Siri and Geralt. So in the series story, we're getting the invasion of her homeland of Sintra by the Nilfgaards. And during the scene when Sintra actually goes to war with Nilfgaard, we cut from a scene where, like, we're in a forest, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's evening or morning, like it's dusk or dawnish. It's got that dusk dawn light, and we smash cut to Sintra's army on a hillside, outlined yep. by morning sun, maybe noonish sun. It's it's not quite noon yet, but like yeah. eleven. A morning sun, an early morning sun. That smash cut literally hurt me. Not like hurt me in the form of sensibilities, where like it offends me. It literally hurt my eyes to go from this dim, darker scene to a hella bright scene, smash cut, no transition, no reason. Also, the hella bright scene, it's not even like that part matters, really, because we then immediately pan down from the sky a bit towards just looking at this darkly armored crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the smash cuts. Anyways, well, let's jump back to the Wizard's Tower where Stregobor is telling Geralt about the Black Sun Eclipse and the 60 yeah. Cursed Girls. And, and the 60 Cursed Girls, well, he likes to murder them and dissect them and study them because they have these weird internal mutations that make them resistant to magic. Not resistant, straight up immune to magic. Yeah, make them immune to magic. And some of them seem to have weird magical abilities because of their internal mutations. They have cancer superpowers. Yeah, Geralt's like, uh, no thanks, I don't murder humans. Not my job, yo. Yeah, because Stregobor asks him to kill Renfri. Mm-hmm. And Stregobor is like, Look, it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I'm talking about murdering a human girl, but she wants to murder me, and also she's supposedly going to bring about the end of the world. And initially, when Geralt first hears the prophecy, he's just like, that sounds like a bullshit prophecy. Prophecies are supposed to rhyme. The good ones do. Which is actually probably my favorite line from these two, just because it's very meta to like the entire condition of prophecies and everything ever. Wait, isn't your favorite line the one you named your notes after? No, that's the line that pisses me off the most. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that. So it's a, a decent thing there. And then Geralt's just like, if I have to choose between evils, I'll just rather not choose. He just kills monsters. He's not going to choose the lesser two evils. He just won't choose either. If I've learned anything from moralizing media, it is that not choosing is still a choice. Mm-hmm. And from there, Geralt declaring that he won't choose. We smash cut back to the palace. And now they're having a party. Yep, they're having a party. And apparently... So, the Herod of Party, the King and Queen, and Siri, whose name we still don't have because this show so, likes to hold names ransom for okay, some okay, reason. So I have an important thing to ask here, right? So, the tavern was a very, very dark scene. Yeah. Way darker than it should have been. Yeah. In my opinion. Annoyingly dark. But whatever. I assume it's a very, very shitty tavern with, like, very little money. They don't have enough can- money for candles or good shut. It's fine to be dark. This castle, they have candles on a chandelier at the tables and on some of the tables. They have no braziers on the wall or anything. They have no <laughs> light sources on these columns that are meant to support their castle, where historically we've seen, that's where people put braziers because they're really convenient and provide light. And it's a castle, a place that has money to spend on candles and torches and burning well, we, we things. We don't know how well-off Sentra is as a country. All, reason- we, all we know about Sentra is that the princess runs off and plays knuckle bones. Okay, that's all we know about this Sentra, but I mean... The reason why Sintra is targeted by Nilfgaard is because Sintra expanded somewhat because they were a rather successful empire. So Nilfgaard, who was also expanding, was just like, we're going to take out our competitors real quick and then capture everyone else. So Sintra, pretty well off fucking kingdom, okay, can't afford candles. What do we know about this Sintra? We know 
that in the show, Sintra, A, assuming a series of princes, the princess runs off and plays knucklebones with the commoners. The king taught her how to play knucklebones better. The queen is the king's mother-in-law because his wife is dead. No. Yes. No. Yes, 100%. No. 100%. No, because Siri refers to the queen as grandmother, and Siri's grandmother tells the king as grandfather and king, it's your responsibility. They're married, bud. Oh. He is from Skellige. Both of Siri's parents are dead. Okay, I misunderstood something he said about the day that she... That when he came back and... He pokes fun about the idea of having had sex when he got back as poking fun at the queen. That's why she's so, like, against it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. She's just trying to keep a distance there to keep up, like, a figure. Okay. I misunderstood a different line, but it's whatever. Yeah. So, we know that there's a king, a queen. The queen seems to be more powerful than the king. Mm-hmm. And there's a princess that plays knuckle bones with commoners. That's all we know about Sentra. Literally all we know. There's a court magician named Mousak. We don't know that yet. Also, that's not how you say his name, but it's fun. What we do know is... That Nilfgaard supposedly might be attacking soon. And the queen is like, no, they're not going to attack. And then Siri gets asked to dance by a gentleman at the ball party, whatever. And her grandmother forces her to dance. And then while she's being forced to dance, a messenger arrives, tells the queen and king that Nilfgaard's soldiers are They're on the Sintran borders. And then from there, they discuss whether they should tell Siri or not. I think this is where we get her name. Yeah. For the first time. And they decide to let her just have one more night without having to worry about War. The queen decides because throughout the entire thing, the king's just like, yo, she's supposed to roll, treat her like an adult. Yep. And at a point, Siri's just like, yeah, you already won a war at this age. And then smash cut back to Jerol. He's at a stream with his horse, Roach, and he's talking to Roach. Yep. And then he's approached by Winfrey and she's she's like, yeah, so everything Shregobor told you is basically true, except when he sent that guy after me to catch me and they found his body with my brooch shoved in his eye. True. I did kill him like Shregobor said. It's because he raped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, and he raped her and robbed her, according to her. And yeah. she's just like, so the lesser of two evils here is to kill Shregobor. And again, Geralt's just like, there are no lesser evils. They're just evil. Stop trying to justify lesser evils. They don't exist. Evil is evil. Yeah, and then she starts having a conversation about... Really, the conversation is, is are are we monsters because we're different, or are we monsters because of the things we choose to do? That's that's basically their conversation there, and then it... Yeah, where Geralt says you're a monster based on your actions, not on... Yeah, he effectively tells her if you choose revenge in this circumstance, you will then be a monster. Yeah. And then, from there, we smash cut to that scene Josh hated. The one where it's like a flashlight in my face. Yeah, and then it's just general it, murdering. Okay, it's not that bad, but, like, it's jarring, and, like, it does go from a darker scene to a lighter scene. And, like, did nobody, like, check the edit after this was done? I, I don't know, man. Like, So, yeah, we cut to the scene where the Central army is preparing to do battle with Nilfgaard, which, um... the Nilfgaard just stomp them, and there's general murdering which, in the streets. Which, what I personally know about Sentra and Nilfgaard... Sintra's a very small country. Mm-hmm. Nilfgaard's a fucking empire. Yeah. Like, Nilfgaard's kind of just the insert version of Rome in this. They're like a mix between the British and Roman empires, yeah. And, like, Sintra's like... With some Spanish influence thrown in, in like, their armor design. Sintra's really small. It, it, it's not, like, tiny, tiny, but it's not a big country. Sint, but Sintra's gonna get their ass kicked by Nilfgaard. There's, no, there's not a hope for them. Yeah, so... The king and queen have Siri locked inside the tower by their court magician, Mouse Sack, or Musak. Mouse Sack. Yeah, his name is actually pronounced like Musak, but it's spelled, it's spelled mouse. mouse and then Sack. So, um, The king and queen take to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And um, here we get Musak the, the giving fir- a brief no, hold on, hold on. synopsis. Hold on. Here we get the first instance of the show 
thinking every viewer watching the show is absolutely fucking an idiot. Or correctly realizing they're not actually paying attention. Holy shit. I just assumed the show thought everybody was stupid. I just assumed someone in the show realized how fucking dumb it was at this point. How boring it was? Yeah. So, again here, Musak re-explains just in slightly different terms the entire 60 girls born under a black sun. Some of them were trapped in towers because Siri's complaining about being stuck inside in this tower and she's a princess and she just should help fight. And then and Musak's like, well, you know, they did trap a lot of princesses in towers because they were born under this whole black sun thing and they might lead to the end of the world. And then a lot of them die and some of them may have been killed. It's hard to tell. You could have it worse right now, young lady. Then we cut back to the battle. Syndra, we find out, is not going to get the aid from Skellige like they were supposed to. The mm-hmm. king is from Skellige, it appears. Yes, he is related to Krakon, great. Okay. You know, the ruling family. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah. And so they were supposed to be getting sh- support from Skellige, but Skellige's ships aren't, aren't going to make it in time. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the king gets hit in the eye with an arrow. He does not pull an Obanaga Oda and survive a headshot from an arrow. So he's just dead. And the queen gets injured. How much better w- would... The, w- would if he just jams up, pulls that, like, comes back out the next day, and he's just like, fuck you, bitches, I'm still alive? Yeah. <laughs> In a world where magic is definitively real, they just be like, oh, fuck, they have a powerful fucking necromancer on their side or some shit. Yeah. And then the queen enters like a berserker rage and goes into combat and then ends up getting stabbed in the stomach because when you just wildly go swinging in- into fights, uh... You're gonna die. Especially if your rage doesn't give you resistances to bludgeoning, piercing, slashing. Increased movement speed. Yeah. But anyways, so she gets the shit beat out of here. The Nulf Guardians make it to the city, and the people are holing up in the castle. Mm-hmm. And Musak and other sorcerers are, like, making a magical barrier. And then we're no longer in this scene. We're S- hold on, hold on. Um, can I just say something? Yeah. Mausuk and any of the other sorcerers who were defending the main castle where Ciri and the Queen are are fucking morons, okay? True. Like, they, we have the Nilf Guardians at the castle gates shooting arrows at the castle. A castle majorly made out of stone for, for the majority of it, right? Yep. Like, it's a stone building. Arrows are not going to do jack shit. And just have people stay the fuck away from windows. So what's, what's Mausuk and his sorcerer buddies doing? Projecting a shield around the castle the entire time. Every single arrow getting stopped by this shield. And the, there's no one on the castle ramparts shooting arrows back. There's no siege weaponry coming from Nilfgaard. It's just, what if we put a barrier around the castle because we can? And so eventually they wear out because they spend the entire time keeping up this consistent barrier when they could have just been like, yeah, oh, but they oh. don't wear out yet because we change scenes. Oh, yeah, we change scenes. Sorry. Also, part of me wants to just no longer tell you when we change scenes, perfect little listeners out there, and confuse you as much as this did us, but we're not cruel like that. So, Geralt is talking to his horse, Roach, mm-hmm. namely about how it's not a witcher's job to be a white knight or uphold the law. They shouldn't tell about morals, only about getting paid. After all, that's what Vesemir thinks. We get a name drop of Vesemir here. Geralt tells Roach about his first kill, a man who attempted to rape a woman in front of her own father. Yeah. And then Renfri overhears Geralt talking. He wasn't talking to Roach in the last scene. He doesn't. He's not talking to Roach the first time Winfrey finds him. Because the second time when Renfri finds him... I'm pretty sure he is. She just doesn't mention anything on it the first time. No, he's, the, he's the second time she's like, were you talking to your horse? Okay, whatever. Like, she specifically calls him out on it. He's, like, he's like, yeah, it's a thing I do. You got a fucking problem with like, it? He's like, yeah, I'm talking to my only friend. You got a fucking problem with it? Yeah. And then she's like, you were right. Revenge is bad. It makes people monsters. I'm not going to kill Stregobor. In fact, I'm going to leave town tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She'll leave, not just town, Blaviken. I'm not sure if Blaviken refers to an area or Blaviken's a, town. a specific town. Is it? Okay, mm-hmm. I wasn't entirely sure. And then Renfri seduces the Witcher. Yep. And then we cut back to the castle where... Well, yeah, 
we cut back, and this is where the soldiers are assaulting the castle with flaming arrows. Yeah, but you forgot that you weren't going to say cut back and cut for. I said I wasn't going to do that. That'd be mean and rude. Um, so eventually, the arrows that are continuous pelting a stone fortification cause the barrier spell to fill. Mm-hmm. So Sirius sent away with some guards, because the Nelf guards take no prisoners, and she's told to find Geralt of Rivia. Mouse, she sent away with Mouse Sack, and I don't remember the other guy's name. I mean, like, two other guys. But, so, let's oh, just for a moment just talk Laszlo. about- Laszlo. Yeah. Laszlo and Mouse Sack. So for a moment here, what is Nelf guards whole position of no prisoners here? Like, especially for this time period where political prisoners, aka royalty of other families, especially young royalty, is like- prized possession like oh, if i can capture this thing it's great well i mean even more importantly here and like centra as a country is primarily a single capital city mm-hmm. and like surrounding land surrounding lands like i said it's not a big country like it's probably bigger than vatican city but like it's not on par with any actual country except maybe Liechtenstein. but centra is a very small country in general and they're just dis- killing everyone. Literally everyone in the city. Like, they're coming across people who aren't armed and just murdering them. Like, the only time this makes sense as a military strategy is if it's a continued campaign. Like, if this isn't, like, if you're not stopping here or trying to, like, take control of this country, which Nilfgaard is trying to take control of this country. Nilfgaard's trying to take control of everything. Like, literally in the books when we get stuff about them and in the games when we get stuff about them, they're very much like they oppress the people and heavily tax them, but they don't just murder them because they want that sweet, sweet tax money. Well, it's not just tax money like if you murder everybody in a city there's you, no infrastructure yeah you literally just have a an empty fucking town now like what's the point like unless your own country is so overpopulated that you're now sending out scores of people to inhabit this fucking town you've now claimed there's no fucking reason to murder everyone yeah it's just this thing movies and shows do to like show how savage or brutal this other empire is and it's just like no what you're showing me is how fucking dumb they are which is very sad given the fact that according to the source material like Emeritus, the fucking ruler of Nilfgaard, is like... Emeritus. Emeritus is like this very, very strategic, intelligent man. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, nah, he just wants everyone dead. Yeah. So this is where the queen tells Syria that she has to go. Mm-hmm. And, and find Geralt of Rivia. He is her destiny. Yeah, but um, she doesn't say that part yet because when she uh. tells Syria she has to go, Syria goes, no, no. And we find out that she's the daughter of Black again, Bolt again. No, that happens mm. later, doesn't it? No, it's right here. Because she screams and the, the glasses on the table shake. Uh, I was thinking of the second time she screams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we find out she's the daughter of Black again, Bolt again. That joke is going to be, re- I'm going to repeat that joke another time because it's a, it's a fucking A-tier quality joke. And if you don't get it, that's on you. We're not explaining that one. Become more cultured. <laughs> so then uh, poison's handed out to all the nobles because, again, Nilfgaard takes no prisoner, so it's better just to poison yourself and die. Yeah, because they torture, rape, and murder everybody in the city. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that's how you successfully take over another country. Mm-hmm. Then the queen tells Ciri to find Gerald of Rivia. He is your destiny. Destiny mm-hmm. has a big... Destiny has, like, an entire, like, through line of this episode. Like, the idea of destiny and, ha- like, so on. Yeah. So then Ciri, Mausak, and a guy named Laszlo... Run escape, off. escape out of the castle. That's through. all we really get from them at this moment. We see the queen throw herself from the castle, and we also see Laszlo die and Musak get left behind here. Yeah, so Siri, Musak, and Laszlo escape the castle through some underground tunnels. The queen, like you said, jumps out of the castle window, and then as they're trying to escape, 
Mouse stays, stays behind to like buy yeah. time and save yourselves. Siri and Laszlo are riding, and, and then Laszlo just gets murked. Laszlo gets an arrow through the throat. Yep. And then he falls off the horse, but because he was sitting behind Siri, she also comes off the horse, and that's the end of this because. Now we see Geralt and Renfrey. And Geralt's having like a vision of the future. Yeah, it's this fun prophecy. Yeah, because apparently sleeping with Renfrey gives you prophetic visions. I mean, it's possible she has weird magical powers. I mean, that's the only reason, logical thing. Because Geralt, none of the source material, has prophetic dreams. Unless some weird shit's been going on with him, like magic has happened to him recently or some potion or some shit. Yeah. He doesn't just randomly get prophetic dreams. So now he's on his way into Blaviken. Because he... He's taking this dream and he's like, oh shit, she's not leaving. Yeah. Obviously, like, she's going to kill Sregabor. Mm-hmm. So he makes it to the market and there's a bunch of these guys. They're like all of Renfri's men. They're the ones from the tavern, the assholes. Like, form a blockade to stop Geralt from stopping Renfri. And they're just like, join us or we're gonna fight you. And look, the first guy, I get it. You have a crossbow. Those things, like, punch through plate mill like it's paper. Mm-hmm. He takes a shot at Geralt, and Geralt blocks it with a sword because Geralt's literally a badass. And th- at this point, the logical thing for everybody to do is to drop their weapons and just, like... Give up or run the fuck away. Because, I don't know about you, but blocking a crossbow bolt at, like, less than 30 feet with your sword... Like, he doesn't dodge it, or the arrow doesn't miss. Like, that arrow was gonna kill him. He doesn't flinch, him. he doesn't say anything, he's facing stony. He blocks, blocks the arrow. Yeah. But instead, this guy charges forward, and this is their second chance for everyone else to realize they're fucked and to leave... He easily moves the guy's sword out of the way, slashes his stomach in one quick blow, comes back, slashes his leg, and then just like stabs puts, puts the sword through his mouth. Stabs yeah. him through the fucking mouth. That, and then, that's not it, he rips his sword up and out of the top of the guy's head. So it's through the jaw, and that's not like I lift up from there, it's turn grip, use hilt, and just like rip the sword through the top layer of the skull up around back of the neck. And if this wasn't your chance to drop weapons and run, I don't know when was. Yeah. So, Geralt proceeds to murder all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he does use his magic for the first time here. He uses Ard, definitely. Which is... Force push. Yeah, because witchers are basically Jedi. Yes. Instead of fighting, like, evil witchers, they just fight monsters, which honestly makes they more sense. They can sense pretty easily. They can track them really easily. They, they can... have Jedi mind trick. They mm-hmm. have Jedi... Like, they have force armor. They have force push instead of force lightning they have force fire oh no both plasma based abilities witchers are basically medieval jedi the only one that's different is they have a thing that fucks with ghosts they're all indoctrinated from a time of being children yeah forced through dangerous trials that can actually kill some people but no one really likes to talk about that part of it and only the really (laughs) worthy ones go on to become actual witchers and they have several different fighting styles and schools of thought but they're all basically the same thing and most people generally don't like them or just don't understand them (sighs) oh Oh, fuck me, dude. <laughs> so anyways, Renfri then shows up and she has... Marilka. Marilka. Mm-hmm. And she's holding her as a hostage with a knife against her throat. And she's just like, let me through to go kill Stregobor or I kill the girl. And Geralt's like, nah, brah. Nah, brah. And Renfri pushes... Geralt pushes Marilka out of Renfri's grasp. Okay. And starts fighting Renfri. He dodges her a few times. They go to blows. He has her like pinned against a wall with his sword near her throat. She draws a dagger, stabs him in the stomach. And then he basically just murders her from there. Yeah, he has her in a stalemate. He's like, look, we can stop. And she's like, once I start, there is no stopping. And she stabs him and he's like, well, I gave you a chance. Fuck me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And takes her dagger and stabs it through her own throat. Yeah, he redirects her stab it back into her throat. And then she repeats the end of her, the prophecy from earlier, which is just, the girl in the woods will always be with you. She we'll be with you always. destiny. Yeah. 
Which, the first time we get that quote, seems like she's talking about herself because she's in the woods with mm-hmm. Geralt, and we haven't really got the series stuff yet. But now that we got the series stuff, and even though it's vastly out of timeline order- And we still don't completely understand because Ciri's not in the woods right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's not till later. <laughs> yeah. Literally not even at the end of this episode, she's in the woods. She runs off towards the woods, but I don't think she makes it. We literally, from here, after this, cut- Wait, no, we have a bunch of people show up who are like- Oh, and then Stregobor shows up and he's just like, give me her body. And Geralt's like, no, that's fucked up, bro. You, you touch her body. I'll kill you. And Stregobor's like, look at what the witcher did. He's killed all these people. Oh, he could have got the girl hurt. And then Maroka's just like, leave Geralt, never come back. Because what we failed to mention is Maroka doesn't actually work for the Alderman. She actually works for Stregobor. Mm-hmm. She was lying to Geralt to get him to Stregobor's tower. Yeah. We've, we kind of skipped that. But it's hard to remember when you're smash cutting back and forth between different storylines out of context. Yeah. So all these people are shouting butcher and, and stuff. And then we cut from there back to the Nilfgaard invasion of Sindra, where Ciri is being picked up by a Nilfgaardian guy on a horse. You know, she's already been picked up and she, like, yeah. we cut to the Nilfgaardian guy riding with her on the horse mm-hmm. and then she yells and the ground rips open because again, she is Black Again Boltigan's daughter and if anything, this is just the beginning of her power. But yeah, the earth splits open, the guy falls off his horse, she manages to escape because the earth breaks open between them and that's the end of the series for this episode. Then the Witcher is stoned and forced to leave town, just like the vision that, I mean, Renfrey gave him from earlier. Honestly, are you sure she's the daughter of Black Again Boltian? I was pretty sure she was the daughter of Sean Cassidy. No, Black Again. I'm pretty sure it's Sean Cassidy. No, because Sean can control his powers. Much like Black Again, she doesn't seem to have any control. That's true, but she does have a slightly slightly villainous uncle, like Black Tom Cassidy. I mean, Black Again's brother. It's his brother. True, true. Yep, you're right. Never mind. My bad. It's both. Black Again, Bolt Again makes more sense. Yeah, because, yeah, he's Black Again's brother who is the evil one is also has an evilish brother which would be her uncle why do the sound-based characters have evil siblings uh that's that's a weird random coincidence anyways that's episode one Weird choice justice do you want to hit your conclusion or should i talk about how much i hate this show okay you want to like so like i, said, I like the music the music's good smash cut to my opinion <laughs> sorry I would, but i have slightly more stuff i couldn't help this most of the clothing design is actually pretty good too like the set design stuff is good. Um, the set design would be better if I could see most of it. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here and smash cut to my opinion real fast. You're wrong. You're definitively wrong. The outfits in the show are not very good. And you know what makes me think that? Why? We, watched, we just watched Gunpowder, and Gunpowder's outfits are much more accurate to the Witcher world than fucking the Witcher show's outfits are. And I will stand by that statement. And Gunpowder is like six years before the Witcher. I don't like, think that's true. It's much more like to like the fun, neat armor in like the witcher games but if you look at like, the base shit that most people wear like even what Geralt's wearing okay, so I, doesn't look like his initial armor but it looks a lot okay. more like vesemir shit like to be they fair, have the shitty leather doublet that fair, everyone hates i'm specifically thinking about like siri and the royal family like their stuff was much better done in a show about 16th century that's, england that's true but i think like 17th century mostly england. other people fit the vibe of the witcher which is like this weird fantastical version okay of like that time You're period. Right. Like, it fits pretty well i don't like a lot of the aesthetic but it does fit well and like the setting for showbush tower doesn't look bad uh the tavern from what i could see it looks like a bar made of wood so yay go for them but i guess also technically i don't hate it most of the time when the show just throws you in the deep end right yeah i mean which the show does but the show throws you in the deep end and it doesn't know it doesn't seem to know when to decide if you this show doesn't know who it's for yeah they make there are things here that are definitely more video game based but the majority of it seems to be more based on the books but gerald is very much the CD Projekt Red Geralt. Yeah. 
and like I don't know, man. It's just, it doesn't feel like it knows exactly how it wants to do stuff because it feels like it's trying to explain things to a certain degree, but it doesn't want to explain other shit that feels more important. Like, we get the same explanation twice uh, in this episode. Twice. I'm just glad we don't have, like, more main characters. Like, you know, a third main character, so they listen to the same exposition a third time or something. Yeah. Like, that would be really infuriating. And then, and then we have all of the smash cuts. And the worst part about these is we fixed it a few times here and there. Like when we're talking about, we were like, oh, wait, we aren't there yet. But a lot of this is these smash cuts don't even exist for long periods of time. We smash cut for a very brief amount of time for a scene that could have just been longer set in the same area instead of smash cutting back and forth between these two. I just want to stop you real fast. Yeah. Have we ever before complained about like camera transitions in a show? No, not really. I think we complained like once or twice because it was just a very bad transition. We complained about Helix because they had that really, really bad, like, oh, yeah. we pieced together this scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, Helix also had a terrible smash cut. Yeah, it was really like just around there. We complained about that once. One show that I can think of that we complained about. But, like, this show is just. Also, there's this. We don't. I, I get that Dutch angles are a thing, but there was this really bad Dutch angle. Right before he enters Strikeforce Tower. Because Geralt's staring at the door because it's an illusion. And it's just this really bad angle that they've chosen. Like, a Dutch angle can be good, but we did this Dutch angle from, like, the bottom right of Geralt looking up at the door, which, obviously, because it's a Dutch angle, stretched Cavill out. But because the bulkiness of the armor just created this very fun house, like, I feel okay, towards so him that bothered me. We've never really cared about, like, the camera work in a show for the most part. Like We've mentioned if we thought it was good. Yeah, but this is the, the rare instance where the camera work is so bad. The camera work being, well, I guess it's not the camera work itself, but, like, the, the direction of the camera work, the editing choice here, is so bad that it actively makes the show worse. Yeah. And then some of these tiny scenes that we cut to don't really feel like they're necessary at all. I.e. the entirety of basically the party that Ciri's at in Sintra. Knuckle Bones also doesn't matter. No, like Knuckle, not- Bones, Knuckle Bones doesn't matter. It's meant to characterize her some. Whatever. Fine. I mean, it characterizes her grandfather more than it does her. Exactly. And he's dead like yeah, 20 minutes later. It doesn't really flesh her out at all. It's just I was playing Knuckle Bones. Okay. So in the just majority, I agree with you about everything. Not only, though, is this episode filled with a, a sequence of smash cuts so atrocious that it should make your head spin, it's also so slowly paced. It, yeah. Beca- it feels like the smash cuts exist because nothing is happening. So they smash cut to change scenes so you're hopefully still paying attention. But don't worry, we're only going to be in the scene for like a minute, I must, and we're going to smash cut right back to that thing you found boring. So would you continue watching this show if you didn't have to for the podcast or if you hadn't already watched it a year ago? Honestly, maybe. And that's just because... It's the type of thing where I hope they might be able to turn it around because I do like the game and the books from what I've read. Books can be kind of boring as well, but it's still pretty neat. I'm not a huge fan of the writing style, but I I like the world it sets. But a large part of me wants to say no. So the second time around- At all. So we've watched this twice now because we watched it last year and we watched it this year. We watched it three times. You're right. Because we did try to record it again and then we just said, fuck it. At this point, I'd be fine with like dropping the show after episode one. Because this first episode's a slog. That's it? Yeah. This time around, it was less of a slog for episode one than it was the first time. Because we were just bitching the entire way through. Didn't have to take notes. Weren't really worried about if we got this thing out again. Because we were just like, we'll try it. If not, we can just review something else real quick. Anyways, episode two is entitled Four Marks. And we open up on a new town with a boy and a girl who are obviously like dating, courting, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it. And the boy gives this girl a daisy. And she's like, a daisy? Why not a rose? Roses are more. And he's just like, roses are cliche. And she's like. Daisies are cheap and throws the daisy on the ground. On the ground. Um, the couple then start to make out and she realizes her daisy is missing. Mm-hmm. And so they they see it. They find out they're being spied on by a girl who's deformed. She has like a mm-hmm. big lump in her shoulder and back. And 
she's a hunchback. Mm-hmm. Like, and so when they find out she's spying on them, they go to assault her, and then the girl disappears and wakes up in a new place. Mm-hmm. And there's a man who appears to be a mage. He's dressed in like mage robes and shit, and he's just like. How'd you get here? Did did you portal? If you portal, they're gonna be coming for you. And she's just like, wait, what the what the fuck are you talking about? We learned that the place is called the Tower of the Ghoul, yes. and it, it's part of Gaul. Ghoul, yeah, Ghoul, like the bird, seagull, Tower of the Ghoul. Mm. Um, and we learned that it's part of Erotusa, a school mm-hmm. for magic. Yes. Um, the man concludes that she's a virgin. I don't remember how he concludes that, but he does. And after she slaps him, he compliments her on her backhand and her magical ability. Mm-hmm. And the sorcerer says that if she could conjure the portal without meaning to, then that she would be coming, the mistress of Eratusa. Yeah. So the women's section of the magical school, because they're separated by sexes. Yep. The sorcerer opens a new portal so that she can't be tracked to get her back home. He does and... this with the like weird flower thing. He picks up off the ground, snaps it. Yep, and, and then sends her home. He introduces himself to her as she leaves. His name is Istrid, and she returns yep. home, where she continues to be abused and assaulted, this time, though, by her father. Yeah, so right here, when the man introduces himself as Istrid, if you know some of the game, you have to know, I think, quite a bit and actually read the character backstories and bios, or if you've read the books, you know that then this woman has to be Yennefer, because Istrid is, like, her first lover. Oh, you, you ruined it. You ruined it. Did I? What did I ruin? We can forget I said this. I can edit it out. I just didn't want to tell anybody her name until we got to the point where we learned her name in the show. Do you want to know how long it takes? In a 56-minute episode of television, do you know how long it takes us to learn her name, even though she's introduced in literally the first scene of the episode? How long? 21 minutes. Oh, fuck that. It's not like we cut away from her and we don't see her again like you would in like Supernatural or something. We're like, you get a scene with an establishing scene for why we're going to this place. And then we get the scene with the main characters, here being Geralt and Ciri. And then we don't come back to her for like... A half hour or something? Damn. No. In Witcher, we're cutting back and forth between her and Geralt right from the get-go mm-hmm. and Siri. Yeah. So she's back after going through the portal. She's struggling with a bucket to like feed slop to the pigs. Her dad starts like fighting with her over it. She falls. It spills on her. He blames her and like starts to starts to attempt to beat her. And then a woman pulls up in a carriage. Yeah. And this woman is looking to buy a pig and she asks about the price. Pigs, are, pigs are 10 marks. And then she's like, but how much for the girl? Or for that beast? Yes. Talking about the girl. The man starts at six marks, but ends up settling for four. Mm-hmm. And so she agrees. Oh, look, the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. Roll credits, we're done. And then the mother comes out and says, no, you, you can't do that. Why would you do that? That's my daughter. You know also, she's, she's a witch? She's a witch. Do you know what they'll do to her? And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. She's not my daughter. Blah, blah, blah. And so then this woman takes the deformed girl, locks her up in, in this room. Where the girl then because proceeds. the girl protests coming, says she won't come and tries to fight back. Yeah, assuming that's well, that's why she gets locked in her room. So then the girl in this locked room smashes her mirror and then attempts to cut her wrist. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the title card. After we get out of the title card, we, we find ourselves with Siri, who is now actually in the woods. She's now the girl in the woods. Look at that! Look at that! But as finally, we'll learn in a bit. There's a bunch of fucking people in the woods. Yeah, they she, ran from a fucking battle. She, she be, she's being hunted by Nilfgaards. Who are um, yelling her name, like, why Why the fuck do you think she's going to come to you? And, you know, this is a point that, well, the Guardians are murdering everybody, apparently they do take prisoners, because we know for a fact that eventually Emeritus, <laughs> like, takes Siri as a prisoner and makes her his, like, surrogate daughter, because yep. he's going to install her essentially as, like, a yeah. puppet yeah, dictator yeah, yeah. for Sentra. The thing that would politically happen, so clearly her grandmother just fucking straight up lied to her yep. and convinced all these nobles... Who probably could have equivocally cut deals with the Nilfgaardian Empire to murder themselves. A.K.A. Siri's grandmother is a really sore fucking loser. Yeah, yeah. So, she's in the woods, in the forest, 
And she uses mud to darken her hair because she's got like almost blonde white hair. Yeah. And she's trying to hide. And she's looking around. And apparently, despite the fact that it hasn't even been like a day since oh, this no, battle no, started. No, no, no. We have no idea how long it's been. Assumedly, because the like show a... gives us no frame of reference yeah, for yeah. time. Assumedly a day because she was running off into the woods and these Nelf Gardens are fairly close behind her calling for her. But it is daytime now. And when she left, it was nighttime. Yeah, so. yes. I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't been like a full day. She's really hungry and just going to eat these random berries she finds when a, a boy who just doesn't talk sh- pops up and just like gestures for her to just not. Yeah, because they are poisonous. Yeah. He's like, nah dude that'll kill you and then he's eating a rat he offers her some rat and she's obviously disgusted at first but eventually caves and eats a rat Ooh. yep so her and this boy who doesn't talk begin traveling together she gives him a glove yeah because it's very cold out and his hand he's rubbing his hands together to get any filling mm-hmm. so she gives him one of her gloves even though it's much more efficient to give him both gloves and then just trade off like right and then she sees a flag for Sintra and runs off and the boy does not follow. Yep. And now we're at a bar and there's singing and people and a no, jovial no, time. No, no, no. Now we're in a really cool looking valley area. That, yeah, it actually does look cool. That we hear a bard singing about and the song implies that this is Posada. Then, yeah. then we're in the bar. This song actually starts outside and gives us the like. Yeah, but like if you want to do a decent transition there, you would start the song in the forest before we leave. With no, because that implies that they're happening at the same time. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about doing that already though. Yeah, and they, then they, they literally did that with uh, Stregobor last episode. As we have Siri running off, we'd probably take our camera, move it through these snow-covered trees, and lessen the snow into the other trees that are in this valley and then from there pan over to the valley and we have a nice shot so we have this song and the forest transitioning in Wait. instead we just cut from siri running to a flag are you suggesting that like they could have actually put effort into editing you would think so but i guess they have to save all those precious seconds to include just random scenes in the smash cuts i know i, I can tell you exactly why they need to save all those seconds so they can give us the same exposition three times <laughs> true because true that makes more sense remember last time when i was like hey Remember last episode when we were talking about how like, we gave we had the same exposition twice, once for Siri, once for Geralt? Now we have three main characters, which means every time we get exposition, we get it once for Geralt, once for Siri, and once for Yennefer, because mm-hmm. the show thinks you're a moron. And if the show doesn't think you're a moron, it thinks you have no attention span. And if you don't have an attention span, it's the show's fault because it's not interesting enough to follow. Or it's basing us off this like vague idea that we'll just be extraordinarily pissed if one of these characters later just mentions offhandedly that they have knowledge of this thing without someone having explicitly told them because apparently we're going to be angry if our main characters just know things but not this random guy at a bar who has no backstory just knowing something i think it's less that they expect people to be pissed if a if a character happens to know something that wasn't explicitly told to them and more that they just don't realize the writing they're doing. Yeah, I really I think it. what happened here is this was written as three separate stories, and somebody in the editing room was like, what if we just made these, you know? That's really, does, that's really what it feels like, yeah. Like, so we have a man in the bar singing. He's a bard. He has a lute. He's singing. He's wearing pretty colorful clothing. And do we get his name here? Nope. Justice, why would you think we got a character's name when they were introduced? I know we get Just Gear's name pretty quickly. Who? He introduces himself as Jaskier, which when we later had the argument about who he actually is, you told me I was wrong, even though that's the guy's actual name in the books. He's just called the other thing because that translates like pretty I, easily from like the Polish to his name. I don't know. Then I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know when we get his name. We, we get I think his it's name. outside when they're traveling together. But... Yeah. We get his name is Jaskier, which is like vaguely translates from Polish to like yellow flower or some shit. His name is Dandelion. It's Dandelion. Okay. But he finishes his song and the patrons in the bar start throwing stuff at him because he's pretty terrible. 
And he sees Geralt over in the corner and comes to talk to him. He's like, you, you didn't have anything to say. What do you think of my songs? He's like, I don't have two words, two words. I don't. And then they continue talking and Geralt basically was like, look, some of the fucking creatures you mentioned just don't exist. They're not real. I would know. I kill monsters. Yep. So a man in the bar then commissions Geralt to stop some type of monster that's been stealing the grain of the community. Well, actually, first, Dandelion realizes who Geralt is and is now obsessed with hanging around him so he can hopefully get some good songs and stories. Yeah. So because the bard recognizes Geralt as the Butcher of Blaviken and such on, um, when Geralt leaves to go deal with this monster that he was commissioned to deal with, mm-hmm. the bard follows him. Yeah. And he's just completely asking him for tales. And she's like, well, if you don't like my story, tell me some true tales. And this like, is where how'd you get the title him? Butcher of Blaviken? And then just gets punched in the stomach for calling him Butcher of Blaviken. Yep. We then see a girl who appears to have attempted to kill herself. And mm-hmm. she is being stood over by a woman named Tessea de Vries. De Vries? De Vries, who it turns out is the rector of Eratusa. Yes. The girl's upset, though, because she's still alive. And... The girl, by the way, is the deformed girl from earlier. In case you don't realize, I just smash cut on you without telling you yeah. I smash cut. And then Tiasa de Vries is just like, you're not allowed to die. Because equivocally, I own you. Be in the greenhouse in 20 minutes for lessons. Yeah. In the greenhouse, we get the first lesson that she's teaching all these young women. Because it's not just Yennefer, it's Yennefer and like six or seven other women. Yeah, there's only one other name I recognize here. It's like Sabrina Veslig, Velsig. Oh yeah, I do actually remember that. She's name. a friend of Yennefer's and like the stuff later. Tissaia is giving a lecture about chaos and magic. Magic is just organizing chaos. Yep, and they're being tested to see if they're worthy of being made into sorcerers. The test is to, to see if you can cast Wing Guardian Leviosa on a rock. But to do it, you have to murder some flowers. Because if you don't, you're going to murder your own hand like this one girl does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, after class... So, Yennefer, the girl here, fails to do so. All the other girls manage to... Mm-hmm. And so she walks off sulkily from class, and she finds the man from before. She finds Istrid. And this is when we finally get her name. 21 minutes into the episode, over a third of the way through. This is like her third or fourth scene. Yeah, whatever. and then in a refugee camp, we meet a bunch of kids in this family. And in case you're wondering, we're with Siri now again. And she meets these this kid who, um, he just kills elves, like... And he's the son of a fine clothes maker. Like, he's just talking about how he actively kills elves, which is, this is also the show's first introduction to the fact that elves are a thing. Yeah, we get, like, some exposition here about how elves, about the elves, and how one of them rose up to a few years ago and named mm-hmm. himself King of the Elves, and that they try to take the island of Sintra back. Yeah, Sintra is an island, and it's a small yeah. island nation. That's back. what's up. Take it back, which implies the elves had it once. Also, I note here, Jesus, the fantasy racism in this show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the family has, like... A dwarf or something in their employee? No, it's a halfling. Oh, it's a halfling. Yeah. Or a hobbit? No, halflings. They're okay. specifically halflings. So... Hobbit is very w- heavily protected by the yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. family of Tolkien. Yeah, that's right. So the family in camp that took Siri in, he's like, the mother's like, you you need new shoes. You there, halfling, give her your shoes. And we see this guy who was like, at the time, they're talking about... So just before this... Um, she does go in and the entire family is just bitching about the queen, mm-hmm. how this is all the queen's fault, how she should have done better, how she let them do this and how part of it's because she was allowing like non-humans and central basically. Yep. So the really important part here though, is when the halfling is giving his boots to Siri, reluctantly taking them off and like the mother, mother goes, Oh, don't worry. He's one of the clean ones. Yes. And there was a point, I think, briefly in here, just before the shoe thing, where we see him polishing, like, their silver, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they left some shit behind, and, like, 
I think they talk about how they left some of their other servants behind. Yes. Specifically, they're talking about how they left his family behind. Just like, so, and made him carry the silver instead of like, I think they mentioned he had like a fucking kid or some shit. Yeah. So it was, no, no, you're going to carry our silver, let your family die. So then Geralt is wandering around and he's still being followed by a bard. Mm-hmm. The bard delivers some more exposition and then calls himself out specifically on delivering exposition. Literally, Justice, do you want to deliver the line? <clears throat> so at this point, he's talking about elves. And then, you know, um, Dandelion realizes something when he's just telling Geralt all these things about elves because Geralt's just like, uh, yeah, I fucking know. Dandelion, and I quote, says, there I go again, just delivering exposition. And the first time I watched this, my notes say, don't feel bad, Dandelion. Everybody in this show is just delivering exposition. But at this point, no. You know what? Feel bad, Dandelion. Lampshading something does not mean that you are that you can get away with it. Just because you lampshade that you're delivering exposition doesn't mean that like the audience is supposed to laugh and be like, aha, yeah, look at that, exposition. No, it's still... It's a little bit upsetting still to be told the same thing three times because... Well, this is only the second time we're being told about the elves. Mm-hmm. The third time comes later because we haven't got the interfer elf lesson yet. But it's stupid to be yes. told the same thing three times. And you know what makes it worse? Because of where we are when it comes to movies and shit nowadays, I vaguely expect it in a comedy movie, right? Someone's going to make a fourth wall joke or something meta. If Ryan Reynolds is in it, it there's there's going to be a lampshade. Yeah. We just watched Red Notice the other night, and there's multiple scenes where Ryan, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is just like, ha ha, well, I'm going I'm I'm to sing Indiana Jones music while we're doing this thing that is basically straight out of Indiana Jones. Yes. So, like, you come to expect it in, like, a comedy thing, such nowadays, because that's just what we do. We make meta jokes. Because the internet made meta jokes very popular, and the film industry is behind current, like, that's how things work. So, you come to expect it. In a show that's supposed to be more serious and fantasy, why the fuck are we making a random meta joke like that for no reason? Especially in a circumstance where it's, like, if he just made this joke and we'd gotten, like, no heavy exposition from anyone else or this exposition hadn't happened earlier and it's just Dandelion being like, this is a thing I do, I just randomly mansplain shit to people, basically, then it'd be funny. But that's not the fucking circumstance. It's okay, though, because then they're both, then their conversation is interrupted by tiny stone balls being shot at them. Mm -hmm. The first one hits Geralt in the head and Dandelion's just like, what the the fuck was that? The second one thankfully hits Dandelion right in the head and knocks him the fuck out. Thankfully, because this entire time when you've been trying to talk to Geralt, she's like, do you think it's a devil? And Geralt's just like, devils aren't fucking real. But that's because and the after, person that hired them yeah. hired them to stop the devil stealing the... Weed. So after the first one hits Geralt, Dandelion looks weird. He comes from Zenny's East and he's like, oh my god, it actually is a devil. Geralt, it's a devil. What the fuck are we going to do? Then he gets hit and it's just like, thank you. He shut the fuck up. Monster turns out to be Torque the Sylvan, mm-hmm. a smart sentient creature. Geralt then tells him, you can't stay here and keep stealing stuff, dude. Then Geralt gets knocked out from the other side. Yeah, there's um, there's a few decent lines. Like, the Sylvan has some pretty good lines, because Geralt's just like, you can talk? He's like, of course I can fucking talk. Like, the Sylvan highlighted this episode for me, but so, only in this scene. So then... We go to knock off Hogwarts again. I was just going to dive into the scene. I wasn't going to set the scene at all. No, no, I need to I need to have it because my notes say knock off Hogwarts again. Parentheses, okay. kill me. <laughs> so now they're learning how to read minds. And, and we're getting people's worst fears. And Yennefer is berated because she's a terrible witch and can't read minds. Mm-hmm. And so she, she, she lies, also... She lies to Tiesa. Mm-hmm. About what her worst fear is. So she's also reading her mind. She's like, no, your worst fear is that no one will ever be able to truly love you because you look like that. Yep, so Yen... Gets upset Yennefer again. then runs off and does what she does. She goes, finds Istrid and is like... I suck at everything, and I can't do anything right. And he's like, I'm sure you can. You just need the right environment. Here, try reading my mind. And then she's successful. And then Siri, who's now going by the name Fiona, Mm -hmm. we, the audience, learned that her parents died when she was a baby. And then Yennefer, 
is in an impromptu class at Tor uh, era to uh, Tor, uh, Tor Lara. Tor, Tor Lara Tower of the most magical place on the continent, attached to Arthusa. And it's, and it's off limits to all of those, but who are allowed to be there. The Brotherhood of Sorcerers, mm-hmm. which obviously a bunch of women are a part of because they're part of the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the schools are separated, like the witches are yeah, their own yeah. separate but thing. They, but they like, specifically say that this is the tower. Yeah, this cool. is something the Brotherhood has access to, but they let us sorceresses in because sorcerers and sorceresses are like bros. We hang out. It's all cool, Ben. Which uh, uh, which we their task this time is to catch lightning in a bottle. Yes. So the first witch that attempts to catch lightning in a bottle just gets struck by lightning. Can I say something real quick, though? Yeah. So if you notice, that scene with Siri, we just mentioned like a sentence. Because the scene is less than 30 seconds, hands down. I was just going to let it go. I wasn't going to say anything. No, no, no. Because this literally had the perfect transition. They had the perfect moment, and they didn't do it. Because on the top right corner of this fucking scene, we have like the lamp they're using to light this camp at night. But, and then Does the lamp have a shade on it? No. And then, in this scene, we have the moon when we come in, but there's no transition to it. You have the simple transition of focus in on the light of the lamp, and then you throw the light of the moon. Like, that one pissed me off so fucking much, because it was such an easy transition, and it was right there in your fucking face, and they didn't do it. So the first girl gets struck by lightning, the second one manages to catch lightning in the bottle, but then she gets too excited, loses control, and the bottle blows up in her face, shooting glass into her eyes. Mm-hmm. The other then attempts, and she gets struck, but it's mostly okay. She doesn't, yeah. like... Because it curves when it comes down for her, unlike everyone else. And so Yennefer actually cut the lightning inside of herself. Mm-hmm. And as the teacher lady, Tissaia, berates Yennefer. She shoots it at the headmistress. Yep. And the headmistress catches it and redirects it because she's Iroh secretly. Yeah. And so obviously Yennefer here is Zuko because she catches it but doesn't like hold it well. And you see her all trembly and stuff. And then she shoots it. Yeah. So after the class is let out... To say it keeps Jennifer back, and she's like, look, there are those witches who can be perfectly detached and do magic just with the calmness and, and like, no emotion. Then there's witches like us who are completely driven by emotion. And if you let your emotions completely control you like that, it will destroy you. Mm-hmm. And now, um... Because Geralt's- not only are witchers Jedi, but sorcerers are also Jedi. Mm-hmm. So Geralt's tied up back-to-back with Dandelion, and there's this elf berating them. You know, for as much as I hate Star Wars, it's such a good reference point. Yeah, so many things with Jedis. Yeah, sorry. And this elf's berating them for coming in and attempting to kill them because humans are evil, and she's just going on and 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 on. And then we're introduced to Phil Vendrell, king of the elves, who has been using Torque the Sylvan to steal food for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we get more exposition about the elves, and it's the same exposition we got earlier from Dandelion and yeah. from the people. We also and... learn briefly here that um, Geralt has learned about the idea of lesser evils because they're having this conversation, and Geralt's just like, "Look, I'm f- the stealing is fine. It's better than just like murdering people, and like I'm not gonna do anything about you. Like the worst that happens is you're gonna need to stop. You're gonna need to leave this area for now, or you're gonna have to kill us. Leaving for now is the lesser of two evils." Uh, I don't know what the timeline difference between this and the last episode are for Geralt, but that's actually hilarious. Uh, given that he just met Dandelion, Dandelion's in like his 40s, but appears to be in his 30s, I think, when they originally meet Siri, it has to be about 20-ish years minimum, I think. Uh, no idea. But that doesn't make sense with the Butcher Blavikin thing, Mm -hmm. because he's too aware of it, so I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, Timelines are weird. Then the elves are like, well, we gotta kill these two humans, and Geralt's like, hold, hold up, hold up. There's only one human in the room. I am not a human. Can you please stop referring to me as such? Yes. He's like, I don't care if you're going to kill me. 
Just like... Don't call me human. Please, like, get that right. Also, they just destroy dandelions because they can. Yeah. And then Yennefer and Inistrid talk, are talking about how Tessaia knows about them being in a relationship and that because of that, she's going to be sent home and away from Aratura. Mm-hmm. And Istrid decides, you know, now's the proper time to mention to you, elves are the original sorcerers. They <laughs> built this place. Did you know humans subjugated elves and killed they, them even they, though they were really is, skilled magicians? They built this place. They built this city. They built this city on their bones. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we get the exhibition again, which four times we get the exhibition about the elves. This, this is, one is slightly this, different. This slightly. is the first time where we get the mention of the conjunction of the spheres, which yes, we don't find out what yes. that is here. But This one is slightly different. Yay. We also find out that Yin's, Yennefer's real father was a half-elf, which is why she's physically deformed and powerful in magic. Okay, okay. So up until this point, I was like, okay, the whole Yennefer scene at the beginning makes sense because we're basing this more on the books. And then Yennefer, we find out, was just using Istrid. To prove to Tessaia that she could control her emotions. Yeah. And then it turns out Istrid has been using Unifer all along to get information about Tessaia's school and studies. Yeah. But, so, this thing here annoys me because we appear to be following the books, right? And the games, we don't get a bunch, of, a bunch of information about Unifer's backstory. That's fine. But if we're following the books, why do we change this tiny thing that doesn't fucking, like, matter, really, for no reason? Because you can still have the whole Unifer's beaten thing, but her mother's the one who's... It's just easier. It, 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 there's no real reason but then it's siri, not easier so there's no purpose like there, there's no need to mention that part <laughs> then siri wakes up in the middle of the night her camp is being attacked and slaughtered by the Nilfgaardian soldiers that are looking for her and the mute boy from earlier saves her no 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 no. you missed the best part oh did i mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm just trying to like translate these smash cuts for the audience the halfling rightfully kills that fucking family oh yeah that's right using <laughs> Like the silverware, so they're being told he's being told to pack up the silver and follow behind them if like necessary. Yeah, and without shoes or anything, and she slaps him when he's just like fuck the silver. He murders them with the silver, and it's great. And then we're immediately back to Yennefer after less than a minute with mm-hmm. Siri because who gives a fuck why we're transitioning? So Tias is going around to pick these sorcerers who supposedly are about to ascend, so become really really good at magic. And Yennefer thinks she's not one of them because she's still trapped in her room and hears her going to get the other people. So Yennefer sneaks out and follows her and it turns out they're not ascending. Instead, Tissaia is turning them into ills. And then throwing them in this pond around it to fuel the school. Yep. Then we smash cut immediately back well, to Geralt now. Geralt and Dandelion. Dandelion. And they're singing songs and Dandelion has a new loot. And Geralt is going to take payment for stopping the devil that was stealing the wheat, and give it, And he's going to take that payment and give it to the elves. And now we're back with Siri and the uh, boy who ate the rat and saved her, who finally speaks and says his name is... Dada. Dada, and he's an elf. Then we come back to um, Dandelion and Geralt. Nothing happens. The bard is just singing. This actually, this actually is the most iconic part of the show, because this is the song, Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Actually, before we go there, we cut back to Yin briefly. I should just pushes the eels into the pool, and then we cut to them. Oh, my bad. Yeah. And that's we, the episode. Because Smash cuts have, and all. Because we couldn't have Yennefer, you know, push them in in that same scene. Yeah, no, that would have been too easy. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in here. Yep. Can we just start with how much fucking exposition is in this episode? And, like, I don't have an issue with an exposition-heavy episode, especially when you're establishing a new world. What I do have an issue with is repeating the same exposition three or four times for no real reason. Yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. I feel like the director thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah. And if he doesn't think I'm an idiot, he thinks I have ADHD, which I might have. But that's besides the point. 
Now I'm just hyper-focusing on how many times you've given me the exposition. That's not better. Fuck off. <laughs> Between the exposition and the smash cuts, it's almost impossible to keep interest in this show. Like, anytime you feel like you're getting involved with a plotline and you're, like, following along the story, you immediately jump to something else. Yeah. And not only is that annoying, but it's disruptive to the viewing experience. Like... I don't know why it does it. I don't know why we get like 30 second cuts. It, like, okay. Money Heist has 30 second, 45 second minute cuts back and forth. But they're action cuts as and, we're doing an action scene. So we're seeing one person do something to the next person. And they build on each other. Whereas these are just like cutting to a person to establish exposition. That's not necessary. Well, also, the universe stuff is happening 70 years before the, before the fall of Sentra. Mm-hmm. Sirius is happening the week after the fall of Sentra, and Geralt is happening something like 20 to 30 years before the fall of Sentra. Yeah. Like, all of this shit doesn't, like, there is nothing tying these together. So, sum it all up in the easiest way possible. These two episodes are a fucking slog. Would you, um, would you watch more of the show? I, I wasn't fully done yet. Okay, okay. Continue. I personally enjoy the games. The games are enjoyable. Uh, the book, the two books I read weren't the, weren't the worst things I've read. They were not official copies of the books, so they were fan translated. So Some of the translations were a bit wonky. But they were okay, too. This show is... I honestly think this show is garbage. And if that doesn't answer your question, I don't know what does. Okay, okay. I wouldn't watch another episode of this show if you paid me anything less than $10. Yeah. You gave me $10, I might watch episode three. Anything less than that, I'm not... Uh, my time is worth more than that. Yeah, understandable. Like, like you said at the end of episode one, the show doesn't know who it's for. Yeah, it, it takes really too long to actually introduce characters. And one of the most frustrating things for me is introducing a character and not telling me their name. Yeah, like, see, like, that's one of the biggest things I think that shows that they don't know who this who they want the show to be for. Because generally when you're making a show, even if it's based on something else, you want to make it for the viewing audience, the television viewing audience. You want to make it so anybody can just come into this property and enjoy it, right? Yeah. Why would you just not give names or even something just to reverence these people by? When, like, generally, in my opinion, it, you need to have someone's name unless it's a secret that you want to keep hidden in the first two times you see them. Maybe not the first time, but in, out of the first two times, I want their name by the second time at the least. Sometimes you can push it to the third, but it needs a good reason. It's just a pain in the ass to watch a show and not know who the characters are. Like, Dandelion not getting his name in this episode. Like I said, I think they say Jaskier at one point, which is his official, like, Polish name. Is kind of terrible. Yeah. Siri not getting her name till almost the end of the first episode? Yep. Terrible. I honestly didn't know it was Siri for the first two scenes we saw her. I called it, but that's just because I, I read more of the books. I obviously knew who Yennefer was from the get-go, because, like, if you're familiar with the source material at all, it was obvious it was Yennefer, but, like... A lady just showed up to do magic and is naturally pretty gifted at it. I wonder why. Yeah. Anyways, what did you think of episode two? Was it the best? So, most of the time, my notes, just general thoughts... Not even in complete sentences. Even my final thoughts normally aren't. Uh, my first note, my final thought here is changed to a bold text, made red, and underlined. Much, much, much rather just read the books, play the games, experience this property in any form that is not this show. Hexer might get shit on for being terrible, but I think it's probably a better viewing experience than this show. Yeah, I kind of want to watch Hexer just to compare it. But, so, obviously, as we've talked about, the show just exposits everywhere with no regard to what's actually going on in the show at the moment oh we have a brief moment of downtime where we're doing something what if i just exposit everywhere for you <laughs> there i go again expositing yeah the, the scene changes the smash cuts we don't stay on scenes long enough or we stay on some scenes too long but that's not generally the issue it's generally just 
we don't stay on scenes long enough. Like mm-hmm. so many of these could just be put together. Like the scene where Siri, like obviously when Siri gets to the people, leaving that scene when we do initially, bad transition, but it makes sense, right? She's somewhere safe for now. It's good. Then we see her being comforted when she's sad and upset. When we come back there, it's not like they've been asleep for a really long time or it's been days as far as we can tell. It seems to happen immediately almost after that comforting scene. Do you know what's a really good way to suddenly increase the tension there and change it? Have that attack. If you're going to cut from that scene. Have the attack happen first. Have the attack happen first. Or don't cut from the scene and have the attack happen. But you don't just end it on, oh no, I'm so sorry, that's so sad. And then cut to a scene and then just immediately cut back there to see them being attacked. Yeah. That's just bad planning. Like, why? It annoys me. And then, like, some of the scenes feel like they're just meant to kind of build the character or build the story, but they fail horribly at it because we're not on them long enough. It annoys me so fucking much. Every editing choice, every choice that should have been made in editing in this show feels like it was made wrong. Yeah, basically. So I'm going to throw it back at you. Would you watch more of The Witcher? No. Yeah, that seems fair. No. No, I do want to, like... Maybe for money. Yeah. But my time's worth more than yours, so like 20 bucks. I do want to just hit on a couple things real fast. One, I love when celebrities are super passionate about something yeah, and that's it's being cool. made. That's how we got the Deadpool movies, which are amazing. And it's how we got The Witcher. Henry Cavill is a massive fan of the games and pushed for the show to get made. Mm-hmm. I still would have rather Zach McGowan played Geralt. But that would have just been a fun casting. But Zach good. McGowan didn't push for the show to get yeah. made and have the money and star power to make it happen. Henry Cavill did, and I think that's awesome. The music was really good, too. What I don't think is awesome in this regard is, apparently the director originally wanted to make Geralt in the show more like the Geralt from the books. So chattier, mm-hmm. like more talkative. But Geralt, as a fan of the games, which is why he wanted to get this made, wanted to be the stoic, not talkative Geralt. So they went with that one. So they're just immediately fusing these two elements. And one of these is an element that they didn't originally want, which I get. You make concessions to your lead actor like every fucking time you make a movie or a show or something. But I also have a thought I want to hit on here. Yeah. I think I know why this show was successful. Because people didn't take the time to stop and think about it as they were watching it, and they binge-watched it. Yeah, they binge-watched the eight episodes, and were like, that was a good fantasy show. I've never heard anyone talk about the show in depth as a person. They're just like, yeah, no, The Witcher's kind of cool. They fought some cool monsters and stuff, and there was magic. But no one ever talks about a specific scene whenever I've talked to them about it. Yeah. Because I feel like they can't remember a specific scene, because none of the scenes are fucking long enough, and they just smash cut somewhere else before they could get into the scene. Yes. You got any more that you want to say? He's like, I feel like I've covered everything. You can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at copilotsreview. Or you can find a link to our YouTube, our Discord, our email, and our Twitter at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. And if you want to reach out and contact us, those are your best options. And if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, please leave a five-star review. If you leave the review, regardless if it's five stars or not, we will read that out on an episode of the show. And more importantly, it helps other people find our show so that we can grow and more people can hear our take on how shitty this popular show is. Yeah, I think this is our first extremely controversial like take on the show. Uh, Star Wars, probably. I mean, it was the prequels. <laughs> it was the prequels. That's a fair point. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for flying with us. And please, fly again soon.